2: Hey, it's 1140 The Bet, and the sports world will have its eyes on Chicago tonight for the WNBA Commissioners' Cup as our hometown Las Vegas Aces take on the defending champions, the Chicago Sky. And joining us now to get us ready and get the insight from Chicago's point of view is the Chicago Sky beat writer who covers the team for the Chicago Sun-Times, Annie costa Bao. All insider calls are brought to us by BetQL, bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com.
3: Good afternoon, Annie. It is a pleasure to meet your acquaintance, but we are starting this friendship out as mortal enemies, at least through today. Uh, what is at the forefront of your mind with this matchup between the two of the WNBA Titans with plenty of competitive drama bubbling beneath the surface? <laughs> That's
0: exactly it, I think, for sure. It's the rivalry that like nobody quite wants to call a rivalry, um, but it absolutely has all the makings of a long-standing rivalry of, of the future of the WNBA, starting with De'Erica Hamby's um, heave. That happened in 2019, sends Chicago home. We saw what happened a couple weeks ago, the 28-point comeback. Like these two teams show up in their best forms when they play each other. And so playing in this Commissioner's Cup game is just adding another chapter to this, this young rivalry.
2: And and you bring it up, the 28-point comeback that after the first quarter I was hyped. The Aces were making threes. They were setting records. Everything was all good. And ultimately uh, the Sky ended up winning 104-95. Uh, to you, from Chicago's perspective, is that the most important win or most important moment in the season for them as a team?
0: I think it was significant, but I wouldn't say it was the most important win by any means. I mean, it it was historic, as we all know, but I think every single game we've seen the sky develop and and grow further into the team that James Wade has expected them to be and wanted them to be. We haven't seen games where there's been huge setbacks. It's even in losses. Like take that the New York loss for example um, that they just suffered the other night. They were coming off a back to back, and honestly, like not even trying to you know, play, play on the team of the Sky here. But, like, they should have and could have won that game had a little bunny like Candace Parker gone in, you know. So each game I think we're seeing this team develop into a stronger version of itself. And so, yes, that was a significant win. But every single game we've seen this guy play, they've gotten better, more cohesive, more dangerous. And I think that's what's really scary when you think about how the rest of this season is going to play out.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at like the advanced stats here on WNBA.com, and just looking at teams and and players even. And there's not a whole lot of Chicago names on any of these lists. But clearly, this is a team that, as you mentioned, is working towards cohesion, working towards more of a team game. And you mentioned New York. I mean, that between the Aces and Chicago, that's pretty much the only other team that they've played lately. And they're kind of up and coming at a very fast rate. And you know, you want to go to Sabrina Ionescu. You want to look at Han Shu, who, who's certainly a not so secret weapon. But when you look at the those teams that go from worst to first or worst to markedly improved, it's easy to kind of minimize it down to one player, like I said, uh, Sabrina. Or with the Sky, it was when Candace Parker decided to come home. And like I said, it's almost minimizing their importance solely based on their impact on the floor. There's something about their presence and, and aura. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. But honestly, I wouldn't necessarily agree in that. It was. It's entirely what Candice Parker is doing here in Chicago. Obviously, she was a missing piece, and that yeah, she brings this knowledge, this experience, and and you know is a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. So mm-hmm. un, undoubtedly, she is a huge impact on this team. But what's different about New York and, and Chicago and the way you just described them is that. Chicago doesn't rely on on Candace Parker. Chicago doesn't rely on any single player. We saw that when Courtney Vandersloot was just out for the last four games. This is the best passer in the WNBA, and she had to sit out four games, and the Sky were fine. So when you think about this this Sky team as, as constructed, there's no single player that is a big impact player. They're all big impact players.
3: It's a stark contrast, too, because when we think about the Aces, I mean, we got some of the best talent in the league, but it's very top-heavy in terms of our player usage and rotation. And if you think about it from a strategic point of view, I mean, heavy legs bode poorly for attentive to detailed defense, which you mentioned is probably important to bring, especially when you have such a pass-heavy and efficient offense like the skies. Uh, which matchup or area of the floor do you think the Aces will look to attack to get that jump start on the energy momentum? Because we know that the patience is not their strongest suit or game plan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what they did last game, they're gonna try and attack attack the sky early and quickly, and and take the sky out of their game. That's what's so interesting about these two these two teams is like whoever could take the other out of their game is is gonna win. And we saw the aces do that um, in the first quarter of of their last matchup, but the sky's response to that took then or forced the aces to take shots they don't necessarily want to be taking and so I think tonight when it comes to the aces if they can attack the sky quickly but then maintain that then you know we could see we could see them get a win tonight but I also just think the sky are better built to withstand to withstand punches
2: so I think I kind of know where you're going with this next question I'm going to ask, but I'm going to ask it flat out. <laughs> out of the, the big three, whether it's the Connecticut yeah. Sun here in Las Vegas with the Aces or the team that you cover in the sky, if you had to pick one that is most likely to win the title, who do you have?
0: Between the sky, the Aces, and the, the Connecticut Sun, Sun yeah. Um, that's a hard question because... Obviously, these three teams are really, really talented. I'm going to start with why I don't think it's the Aces. Goodness.
2: Here we go, Vegas. Listen F- up.
0: Flat out. Like I think, I think Las Vegas is an incredible team, and I think they can win a championship. The reason I don't think they're going to is because the way that they're constructed, they, it's hard to imagine how they're going to be able to sustain a team like this guy in a series right Mm -hmm. and and there's other teams that you think about them and and question how they could sustain them in a series they absolutely could do it but that's the biggest question mark when i think you think about the the aces in my opinion then when you're talking about the sun i don't know that they have the the backcourt depth to compete with the depth of the chicago sky like again i just said it courtney vanders was out four games she's the best passer in, in the WNBA, she missed four games, and the sky were okay. They played well. Julie Alamond is is honestly maybe the next Courtney Vandersloot. She did a great job stepping in as backup point guard. Dana Evans is also a really talented point guard but brings an entirely different um, style of play. She's also a way better defender. Um, so, when, yeah, when you think about the, the sun, to me, that's their big question mark. And then when you look at the sky – like, this isn't just because I'm covering this team, and obviously I see them every day, so take that for whatever it is. But their depth in a league like the WNBA, where depth is so important and it's also very hard to establish strong depth with the way that the salary cap is in a series. And we know that that the, um, the playoff structure has changed this year. Everyone's playing series games. Who – who can take the sky in a series? I think that's the question
3: Mm. that
0: we really need to be asking as the regular season concludes.
3: That was literally the next question I was going to ask because I, I, I you, were, you were just setting it up so well. But but like you said, the Aces are, are a team that kind of needs to punch you in the mouth and, and get themselves to a point where they're feeling good about themselves. But I think a team that probably would be best suited to beat uh, the, the Sky is a team that would deny access to their best game or at least wait in the weeds long enough where they get frustrated and then, oh, then we can bring our own hammer to the party. Am, am I catching the right drift here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why honestly the Aces the Aces could pull off some magic for sure, but they have to win multiple games. It's not it's not any there's no one-offs anymore. So True. that to me is just the big question mark with the Aces. We've seen them take the sky out of their game and they've done a good job of it. But could they do that, you know, could they win 3 3 games against the Sky? I don't know.
3: So it's kind of like horse racing and sustainability for the triple crown. Like all you win at Belmont, all you win the Kentucky, but can you do the long distance at at the Preakness? And that's where a lot of those horses fail. So you're essentially, that's what we are. We're the fastest horse out of the gate here for the aces, but uh, in terms of the extra heats, that's certainly not where our, uh, our, our strength lies Uh, for you. And I
0: mean, you guys have, you guys have arguably like the league's MVP this year, Asia Wilson, like that's, the the aces are definitely not, I'm not advising anyone to necessarily bet against them, but if you're going to bet on the aces, these are just questions you you have to really consider. And um, I think regardless of what happens, it's going to be a really interesting uh, playoffs here. And I also think, you know, history is against the sky. History mm. says the sky will not repeat. So that should be considered as well.
3: What do you make of the sudden split between Liz Cambage and the Los Angeles Sparks announced earlier this morning, as well as, like, the announcement of several players kind of reaching similar conclusions with their clubs this year?
0: Yeah, so this whole, like, divorcing thing, I Mm -hmm. think, is a bit corny. I think that term is just kind of trash. Like, I don't know why the WNBA uses this term of, like, contract divorce.
2: Thank oh, you for saying that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like, who came up with this corny term of, of a contract divorce? I, what does that mean? You know, where, can we get that defined? Could someone define that for us, please? And secondly, I think, honestly, from my perspective, and this is not having talked to anyone in Liz's camp, anyone with the Sparks, but when you look at, like, what Liz is doing, she's a businesswoman. She's out here doing a lot. Maybe she just is is you know is more focused on other things that are bringing her more joy than playing basketball is like I, you know from my perspective I don't know that um I don't know that Liz maybe wants to keep playing this league. who knows I think that's a question to ask her like do you genuinely want to continue playing in the WNBA because all that you have going on and the way these these breakups keep happening it just kind of brings that into question and that's not shade by any means again, Liz is hustling out here, but mm-hmm. that is the that is the take I kind of get when i when I saw that I was like, all right she's got she's probably got a lot." a lot um, of other things in the works that maybe she wants to give more attention
2: to. And it's kind of ironic that her last game as a Sparks member was here in Las Vegas against the Aces. And I will yeah. say oh, that is poetic. she was, she was super engaged. It was kind of weird that, you know, rotationally she was coming two, three, four minutes at the time and she wasn't really on the court that much. Um, but as, as we talk about some of the other things that are happening in the league, uh, I was very on air on this show, just very disappointed in how the WNBA handled all-star weekend in terms of the fans not only in chicago but those that are trying to tune in that are trying to find where the hell espnu is if they even have it um but for you being there in chicago what'd you make of the weekend um and everything that happened
0: Yeah, so this is for sure like two different stories. There's like the player's story and the coach's story and everyone who participated, their take on on how All-Star went, and then the take from fans. And and again, like I just said, they were very different takes. So players said uh, repeatedly that this was the best All-Star game there has been, and reasons for that was there was more opportunity for players to engage with brands host different parties, and ultimately be celebrated entirely. You know, I think people really enjoyed the All-Star Games in Vegas, but the difference was, like, we, at least from my perspective, and, and again, we didn't hear players talking about this uh, as they were when it, when the game was in Chicago, but when the game was in Vegas in 2021, and that's the one I covered, so that's the one I'm going to speak on, there weren't a ton of opportunities for Uh, players to again like host these parties and be celebrated individually it was a lot of like the league putting together stuff right so this time we saw a ton of brand engagement with players and then also you know the city showed up really significantly and so I think that the players felt felt love from Chicago and that brings us to the negative which was that the league didn't plan for fans I think the way that fans wanted to, them to and also the way that they ultimately should have like the three-point contest in the skills challenge which you guys had players participate into um, was not open to the public and that wasn't an accident the WNBA when they when they booked all-star in Chicago knew that Winchester Arena was already booked out for some pampered chef event And so they were like, all right, no loss, no sweat. We'll still have it there because we could team up with Nike nationals and we'll have young players in attendance versus selling tickets to the event. But the problem is like you have a hometown player, Allie Quigley participating and ultimately winning her last three point contest. And nobody was able to purchase tickets for that. Mm -hmm. Like that's super messed up. And then the explanation for it from, the commissioner was that they were advised by the CPD and other, you know, uh, law enforcement agencies to minimize outdoor events because of gun violence like that. And and then ultimately, you know, I was able to confirm with the PD that that was, in fact, not true. So it just
2: there was a food like, festival going on, like really close to that event, too. Right. That has a lot of people at
0: all. Right, like the Chicago um oh my god, I'm from Chicago and I The Taste of Chicago, Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah, the Taste, right, right. The Taste of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the Taste of Chicago is happening down the street. So, again, like the CPD confirmed that they did not advise the WNBA to minimize their outdoor events. Um I think it it just seemed like poor planning and ultimately got an excuse thrown out there that was Mm -hmm. just a blatant lie.
3: Yeah, the good old excuse computer can throw out some pretty gnarly stuff, but that's an enduring theme when we talk about the w- uh, NBA is about the, the theme of ac- accessibility and how the league kind of keeps getting in its own way of its growth. But what's been uh, the main story or the enduring theme for for this season for you? I mean, I got to think the Britney Griner's case is at the f- foremost part of our minds and not to minimize and move on from that. But is this a year of remembrance, of change, of stabilization? Where Where do you define this?
0: I think that... First of all, nothing is ever going to be be acknowledged higher than Brittany Griner's wrongful detainment. Like, that Mm -hmm. is an indescribable crisis that is at the forefront of every player and coach's mind every single night, whether they they say it every single night or not. Like, that is, is something that is absolutely at the forefront of everybody's mind, and as far as the league in general goes, this feels like a turning point for the league because of retirements that are upcoming mm. because of young talent that is taking over and because of the work that really has been done over the last 26 years. And we are starting to see its impact, even, you know, the the accountability factor that's present that hasn't always been present. Like, this i think in my opinion is a is a turning point in the league and i think when we look back on years 24 25 26 like this moment right now i think it is going to be remembered as when a shift took place and when um you know new leaves sprouted and and new growth happened and ultimately too i mean that's, that's not some brilliant statement by any means. We know expansion is about to happen. So mm. um, I definitely think as far as the league as a whole goes, this is going to be remembered as, as a moment of change for sure.
3: Rising of the Phoenix vibes. What a fantastic first impression that you've made on us, Annie. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for joining us, especially on your pilgrimage down to the very arena that so many eyeballs, will, including our own, will be on this evening. Be well and stay hydrated, my friend. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me.
2: Of course, there she is, Chicago Sky beat writer who covers the team for the Chicago Sun-Times. Annie costa Baal, all insider calls are brought to us by BetQL, Bet smarter and Beat the Books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And as we wrap up the show, it's time to look back at it because, you know, sometimes the sports news is a little thick.